0: Welcome to Search Forward, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to grow their careers, reignite their passions for marketing, and create less stress in their day-to-day avalanche of tasks and unrealistic deadlines. Hi, I'm Alicia Miller, and I invite you to go on a journey of growth with me. I've spent more than 20 years chasing deadlines, fighting that cast of characters we serve as marketers, and was left feeling depleted and desperately seeking a solution that would give me the peace I so craved. Call me crazy, tell me it'll never work. But I found the relief I was so desperately seeking by shifting my mindset and using my marketing skills in clever ways to find the peace I was seeking and still getting to enjoy what I love, marketing. And I cannot not share this with you. Stop chasing new pastures. the grass is never greener. It just presents the same problems in different ways with different faces. In this podcast, we will have deep conversations with all levels of marketing professionals, internal clients, including the difficult ones, and leaders that will shake up how you think about your career in marketing, uncover new ways to tame the crazy, and give you strategies that will light up that passion for marketing you once had. All while aligning yourself to your organizational growth goals that will make your career soar. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in and surge forward. Tired of feeling overwhelmed and burnout in your role as a B2B professional services marketer? Do you wish you had the tools to protect yourself and implement emotional intelligence into your daily life? Look no further because today's guest, Francesca Carey, is here to share her secrets to success. Francesca is a graphic designer who has worked in a variety of industries, including commercial real estate, healthcare, insurance, and AEC for almost a decade. But what sets her apart is her ability to protect her time and prioritize her well-being and an ever-demanding world of business development and sales enablement. During our time together, Francesca impressed me on a daily basis with her confidence, emotional intelligence, and work ethic. She was able to gain respect from internal clients and leaders, protect her time, and ultimately achieve higher win rates and drive revenue for her internal clients. In this episode, Francesca will share her insights on the impact of mindset, on her ability to protect her well-being and succeed in the world of business development. Join us as we delve into the importance of emotional intelligence, work-life integration, and setting boundaries for success in a fast-paced world of B2B marketing. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the tools you need to thrive in your career. Francesca, thank you so much for joining me today. You know I'm really excited about this episode. Um, and the importance of boundaries. Um, It's been great to reconnect with you and catch up on how things are going. And one of the things that struck me when we were chatting was your ability to really just clearly and respectfully communicate your boundaries to leaders and internal clients, which as a leader, like of a marketing team, I appreciate because then you very clearly know what those expectations are, but it is sometimes really hard to set those boundaries and actually feel confident enough to communicate them. So talk to me about this and how you like come, come into that mindset of being able to protect your time. um, And you know, what challenges you have experienced along the way with your internal clients and even your marketing leaders.
1: Um I think to start just in my career when you're starting off young you're like oh I need to be a task taker I need to do what everyone tells me in order to work my way up I probably shouldn't say anything even if I do have a problem with it because it might reflect badly on me so I definitely started off that way just because I was still learning still kind of developing that more emotional, intelligent part of myself, or at least working on applying it to work or not realizing that emotional intelligence is part of the workplace. So, yeah, I would say to start, I definitely was more of a task taker and I did I dedicated a lot of time to work both because I wanted to um, because I I was interested in the work. The work was kind of like my baby that I saw from start to finish. But then I feel like, you know, you put in the extra hours and like we've chatted about before everything's 50, 50, it hard work can pay off. It can't pay off. Um, But even if it does pay off it, uh, you get tired. Um, And when you know your self worth, you know, how much of an asset you are via the work you do, and what people have told you about the work that you do, when you're working eight hours of the day, and there's still more work to do, I think you got to a point as you get higher in your career where you think, there, there needs to be some sort of divide. And I think with the pandemic, um, that kind of heightened anyone feeling that way as well. I think I, I clearly communicated my boundaries before the pandemic, but it definitely, you know, constantly working from home. It was just like this weird unspoken expectation, like, oh, now that my laptop's here, does that mean I have to work or what? And of course, I was one of those people who did. I'm like, Okay, well, it's not humanly possible to get this project done. And instead of pushing back, I'm just going to do it because can I say no, and sometimes you really can't say no. But other times, you can based on, you know, your workload, what what a team has kind of put you through before or the work ethic of people that you have worked with before so i think unfortunately like my boundaries i would say come from being like quote unquote burned and burned out it's like okay well i did all this work and i come from an advertising background which is like you put in all this time and work and money and you might not win a client and Like I said, everything's 50-50. I can be super realistic about that. But I feel like in the departments and companies I've been in, you kind of have a good gauge of how long something takes to do, um, if something is worth working on when you have so much to do, and if you have the resources to do them. So I think what ended up happening is kind of like, Okay, well, I've I've done that before and it wasn't worth it. So let me take a step back and create these boundaries and kind of ask the questions or or kind of look at things the way that other people aren't in order to make myself feel good because I I love to do a good job at work. I love to help people's visions come to life and and work with them, not for them, but I don't want to die for (laughs) work. I want to do a good job when I'm in the office and I want to live my life outside of that. So I think through trial and error, it's just kind of been like, okay, well, I'm here. I work eight hours of the day. I do a good job. I feel like I'm an asset, but somehow there's still more work to do. So now it's not a productivity issue. It's a capacity issue. And that's where boundaries need to be created. Resources need to be added because I have been part of small, but mighty teams my entire life. And there it, it works like in certain industries, like you can crank the workout, you know, how long it takes to do certain things. But other times it's like, this is not humanly possible and we should be able to say no and i'm in a position where truthfully i don't want to manage people i give managers leadership a ton of kudos but that is where it's ha- it's so hard to have boundaries like you're more in a protective role so your employees can have boundaries And I always want to be that employee that has boundaries. I don't want to be, I don't want to be someone who's like struggling, like, oh man, I can't say no. I wish I could say no. I think it would be empowering if, if I don't know, I ever were to end up in a position like that and be able to stand up for a whole team. But I feel like I'm still working on standing up for myself. So until I can like a thousand percent confidently do that. Um, I wouldn't want to manage people. And it's, it's interesting when you, you do have, like, I, I do have a lot of that confidence and it is interesting when I, it's clear as day for me. I'm like, there's too much work to do. I am working eight hours of the day. And I kind of got to this point where I'm just like, come 5pm, I'm like, after this, it is, it's off of me. Like, I've, I've done the absolute best I can. And I just used to be someone who thought I still needed to do more after doing the best I can. And like, like I was telling you earlier, I, I put a lot of value on how I thought of myself based on my work ethic. And a lot of the times when I was unable to get things done and would have to work late, sometimes I would make myself think, Oh, it's because I wasn't productive enough throughout the day or, Oh, I took that 10 minute break to just look at my phone. God forbid. I'm like, Oh, if I didn't do that, you know, I wouldn't be here. And it's, it's like sometimes when you have extra work, you lose sight of the fact that no, it's, it's a capacity issue. It's not a productivity issue, but you lose sight of that. And you're like, Oh no, like I have all this extra work to do. So I have to do it now because it's my fault. It's a project that's assigned to me. Um, when in reality it has to do with, you know, who's monitoring your projects that that person accepting the workload and things like that. So, It's, it's tough sometimes like having boundaries when you don't ultimately have the say, but there is still an ability as an employee of a manager to have boundaries with that manager and say, Hey, this is the way that I work. Um, Work is not my life. Uh, I do not believe that because I'm on your team and I don't have the same work ethic as you. That that means we will not work well together. People with diverse opinions, backgrounds, and thoughts tend to work better. And I would hope that you know all managers are are open minded to employees having boundaries because, like we chatted about, (laughs) mid mid level, like people who are further in their careers, a little bit older. It's it's not. How they were conditioned, yeah, yeah, so I mean, do what you have to do.
0: it's funny because you keep saying like different work ethics, and I really think like work ethic is, you know, you know essentially just coming to work and knowing that you're getting the job done and that you're giving it your all like you're talking about. It's not necessarily the societal norms that they've put on us, right? so Like we were talking earlier about like, you know, I'm from an older generation. It's like ingrained in us that you just put it all in and you give your all. And um, that's how you are successful at work. And it's the grind. Um, But in reality, the work ethic, I think, isn't changed here. You're still committed to your job. You're still committed to giving your 100%. During the hours of work, you know, you're not like spreading and stepping out. And, you know, and I'm sorry, a 10 minute break in my mind is an absolute must, right? Because as creatives, I mean, you know, this more than anything being a designer, if your mind is not in a good place, you are not going to be the best creative. You have to like give yourself breaks to reset. And if you don't have that, you know, feeding yourself and being able to have those boundaries to reset and enjoy life and come back as your best self, then you're really not going to be able to deliver the best product. And that work ethic that you're putting in is the same work ethic. I think it's the boundaries that are different, right? Like, and, uh, trying to understand that. And you cut, you pointed out something interesting too. I wanted to bring up was, The whole idea of working nine to five and doing those eight hours and putting your all into that. And I think the work from home atmosphere has changed that and blurred that line tremendously. Um, And you know, by setting those boundaries, you know your work ethic's gonna be on for your eight hours and you're gonna give your all and you're gonna give your best. And that's just as good, if not better, than the person who's working into the night and on weekends because they're burnt out and their mm-hmm. mind is not going to create this the strategy and the creatives and uh that are going to work and that are going to sell. Right. So and in fact they're almost doing themselves a detriment by not creating that kind of boundary around themselves. Um, And I know you work in business development and I spent bulk of my career there. So I totally understand. I always call it the pressure cooker Mm -hmm. of the marketing world because you are closest to revenue. You are working on client deadlines, not self-made deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it can get really, really stressful, especially when you, don't have leaders who are respecting your boundaries and accept a lot of work in. um, And there becomes that frenzy and that panic of like, oh my gosh, we have to get all this work done. It all needs to go out. Like who's on board, who can stay late, who can work the weekend, you know, and trying to figure that out. And it's really hard to not get sucked into that emotional mental state. And I can tell you for years, like that's what I lived. And I burn out so much that I ran to the other side of marketing where I'm not dealing with client deadlines because it becomes really stressful. And, and talking to you, what I love is this perspective of being able to acknowledge that all this is going on, but like, look at it with a calm state of mind and not be pulled into that crazy state of mind. Talk to me about this because I personally want to learn and soak this up as well because I am very an emotionally driven person and get sucked in almost immediately. (laughs) And you do it so beautifully and you're just so level and rational about it. So talk to me about that.
1: Well, I'd definitely be lying if I said I am like calm and level headed all the time. But I think <laughs> that's how you become calm about things. You, Your emotions are heightened and you're in a frenzy and then you, you come down from that and you're like, wait, here are what the facts are. Like I'm I am both emotional and logical. Um, I think with work, I. I'm a little more logical in the way that I just think to myself like, okay, I did this, this, and that to set myself up for success. And I have no, no control over this, this, and that. So because you don't have control over other people, it's like, okay, well, here is what I can do. Given the situation, if you are not helping me help you, I cannot help you. And I, Definitely bring compassion to the work that I do. I'm I'm not just like, oh, you gave this to me yesterday. I'm not doing it. Um, I, I definitely try to help people if I can, but there needs to be compassion on both ends. And I think what I've realized and what keeps me a little calmer is again, knowing that I did the best I can, but also knowing that. I can't change people, but eventually I can say, no, I can say I've, I've done X, Y, and Z to set us up for success. And you, you have not been compassionate towards me and my time. So how, how can you expect this level of respect from me when I'm not getting it from you? So my friends always joke with me that they're like, you know, I just tell myself that thing you always say. And I always say, I know my truth. Because when you know your truth, like there's nothing getting between that. You know that you've, you've worked the hardest you can, or you can, you've worked eight hours of the day. You've asked all the right questions. You've done absolutely everything you can to make something go smoothly and it just can't, then for me, I'm like, well, what, what else is there for me to do? I've done it all. Um, and I, I know, you know, people, people hate when you say this, but we're, we're not out here saving lives. So if you're going to, you know, give, give me something in the 11th hour, I'm, I am going to do it for you, but I'm going, it's going to be 11th hour quality. Yeah, that's that's something to keep people realistic about too. And that's all through trial and error. You're like, okay, well, I know this person works this way, or this team works this way. So how do I manage my emotions so that I don't get upset? How do I work logically so that this doesn't ultimately fall on me? How do I set these boundaries and say, if I do not have this by this time, this will happen. So it's, it's definitely just come with, with like learning. It's like, it's like running, like, uh, you run too hard and too fast and you get an injury. And after that, you knock on wood, fingers crossed, never get injured again, because you don't do what you did before. So that's what I try to do with work. And if if I do all those things to avoid this thing happening and it still happens again, it's like, well, this means it's out of my hands because I know my truth. I know that I did everything I could to avoid this thing happening and the humans are unpredictable. Everybody has a lot going on. Um, But it's just yeah, it's about, it's about respect, but being realistic about not being able to have control of everything. And I feel like that, that's like a big, big thing for me that I've had to let go of, um, like throughout, throughout my career, just the fact that I only have control over what I have control over. I don't have control over other people. And that's kind of one of those things that you it's a given, but you don't take it seriously until someone says it at the right time or you think it at the right time. And that's that's definitely happened at work. So now that. Now that I I'm like pretty, pretty into my career and I feel like I've definitely made work my life at a point, it's just I got to a point where I decided, do I want to continue to do this? Do I want to give 120% or do I want to give 90%, which is almost the same thing. So now I would say I give 90% and it, it makes me a lot more relaxed. I know that there are times where overtime will need to be worked and I'm very willing to do that. But if it gets to be too much, it's like, well how am i going to be compensated for that time that i put in because now my boundaries have been crossed and i i need to know that i will be repaid for putting in that extra time and i know it's it's really different with everyone some people are like well you're a salaried employee that's expected um this and that whatever but because i'm logical i'm like where's the fine print show me the fine print because If I don't see it, then no, that's not actually part of being a salaried employee. Um, It's just,
0: yeah, I just, I just want to jump in there. Like, you know, there is like in the corporate world, that expectation that salaried people work all the time whenever they're needed. And it's like, you know, those expectations should be negotiated up front of like, Hey, if there's overtime included, what does that look like? And does the salary warrant it? Right. And, and you make that agreement before you start work, you know, and if it's once in a blue moon, whatever, I know you like work for doers, we'll take it and get it done. But if it's happening all the time, like, 100 percent like there's no reason they can't flex your time and the ebbs and flows of things um, i'm just really passionate about that piece because you're right everyone says that oh your salary you're expected to do that
1: and but- i think being the age that i am which i i get confused about like the generations but i believe i'm a millennial um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel quite old on the inside but i think. I think realistically, I'm a millennial and it it kind of stinks to be part of this generation where people are like, oh, there, there goes the millennial being entitled when it's really just having boundaries that older generations aren't aware of. Yeah. So I don't want to be, I don't want someone to think I'm disrespecting them when it's simply me having boundaries. And it's, it is a something that like where both generations just need to learn to understand each other and, and just understand the fact that like no one's taking advantage of anyone. Yeah. This generation just has a different idea of what work should be. By well, this. Even
0: being open because, you know, I'm from an older generation than you, but like here I am soaking up what you're saying, because to me, we all, no matter what generation we come from, no matter how long we've been in the workplace can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing to hear, oh yeah, I can take care of myself too. And like, it matters whether or not I'm burnout and I get home and I'm miserable. So I take it out on my family and I can enjoy life, you know, and I think that's why this conversation was so exciting for me to have because like being from the older generation, it's like, I'm still learning how to navigate that and how I can empower myself. And some of the things that you're saying, like I kind of grabbed a napkin and started writing things down because I'm soaking it all up, Francesca is you know, when you say, you know, your truth, that's, that's giving you confidence, right? You know, you gave it your all, you did everything you could and you did your best, right? So you're confident you've done everything you can. And there's not that doubt of like, or overthinking of, you know, Oh, you know, did I do enough here? Or did I do enough there? Or did I screw up here? Am I really letting the team down? You know? And I think that, has a lot to do with being empowered to hold those boundaries and keep yourself accountable to them. I also heard you talk about what I would call lessons learned is, you know, um, and the whole running, you know, scenario really runs true. And like, you burned me once you burned me twice, you burn me again. That's totally on me, you know, because I should know better by now. Um, And finding strategies to deal with that, you know, and I really hope that, you know, people have good leaders who can back them up on that. It's not always the case, but, you know, someone's, and you, we hear this all the time and someone else's, you know, lack of planning is not my emergency. So if you know, you're critical to the success of this, you know, project, you know, and the, the revenue coming in, then you need to show up. And you need to give the people the time to develop that into something beautiful and creative that's going to be compelling to a client, so that they can win it. And by not giving them that time, you're essentially derailing the project on your own, right? Mm-hmm. And and understanding that and learning who's going to burn you and who's not going to burn you, and setting up strategies, I think, is huge. Um, and like. I have give what you get. Like that, that to me, like resonates all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. that statement alone, give what you get. If you're giving me something at the 11th hour, then you're right. They get 11th hour, you know, level of effort from you. Um, because you are, you know, you're putting yourself in a, that state of burnout. And how can you give your best when you're in that burnout state, or even just frustrated, right? Because they didn't respect your time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is where, and I know we talked a little bit about this before, is how people don't understand what marketing is, what business development is, you know, what the different, even the difference between, like, uh, graphic design and this used to drive me nuts when we oh, were like you're together. all
1: administrative yeah like, it's like oh, oh just make cool. this okay.
0: pretty you know yeah. and it's like oh no it's more than making it pretty like the way that you design it and how you're, you know the the strategy has to come through in order for it to evoke the emotion that you need from your client to say yes to you and if you're not giving them the time to do that or the information they need to do that then yes, you're just going to get make it pretty, which is going to do nothing for you, you know, and and that lack of understanding, I think, is a huge opportunity for leaders and managers to go back to our internal clients and be like, no, you need to understand why this is important and like educate them so that it's less of an impact on
1: you. I feel like i went on
0: a tangent there um.
1: yeah. i think companies in general could do a better job of thinking about like thinking more granularly like instead of only thinking about the fee earners and their development and their growth thinking like well who helps the fee earners how do how do they get to where they are um how can we elevate them um Because I, you know, know my worth, know my truth. I don't feel like a a little person in the grand scheme of things, but sometimes I'm just like, wow, I wish, you know, I wish designers like people in communications were given more credit and more opportunities for growth so that they, they could elevate these fee earners even more. Um, that's just, it's all, that's a very common theme in any, any industry where there are brokers and then there, there are teams behind them backing them. And I think that's where, um, that's why a lot of people leave. There's just like, well, okay. So like the brokers know how they can work their way up, but what, what do I do here? Like, Yeah.
0: yeah. What's my path? How do I, you know, grow? And really at the end of the day, like one of the strategies I use is the connection to revenue, right? Like if you can come into a place and clearly see like what the win rates were before and after you were involved. And especially when you make changes to that relationship where, like you said, you know, you move from just delivering a product to them, truly like giving you the information that you need to be successful and the impact that has made on the revenue that they have. And that's a really hard data journey, like in the back end. But everybody thinks about it in terms of money, you know, and, you know, being able to somehow tie it to the revenue or the wins and showing that you were a part of that team, um, helps, but I really have, feel like our leaders and marketing need to do a better job at like working with those sales folks, you know, the brokers and the producers or whatever you call them, the ones who are in front of the clients pitching and bringing in the revenue and having those business relationships, they need to understand how important it is to have, you know, the designers and the marketers and the writers and all by their side along the way, in order to elevate what they're able to do. And if they understood that their revenue could get bigger because they respected your time and included you in the process, um, I think we would be having a whole different conversation here. Um, and sometimes I feel like ego gets in the way. And, you know, but there's got to be ways that we can navigate that in a better fashion. Um, Because it it does, like you said, create this burnout situation, not just in time, right? But in just feeling disrespected and not like you matter in the situation.
1: And it's, I feel like if you are someone who's both, we're all compassionate, sympathetic, empathetic. It's, it's, it's hard to like initially create those boundaries, but then you get compassion fatigue and you're like, well, who, who cares about me? Like, where's my uh, compassion yeah. to be there? So it's just, I don't know, making sure everyone's on the same page and, and continuing to have that compassion, but Something that I say a lot of the time is that I don't want to condition people to take advantage of me. I, I love really, that. Yeah. I really, really, really want to help them. But I don't want to work on <laughs> the hour all the time because they're like, Oh, Francesca's got it. She's done that before. So this is our new jam now. And I'm like, no, yeah, you know, yes, I am here for you, but I do not want you to think that it's okay do not respect my time. But again, that's like, that's where boundaries come in because what you allow is what will continue. So that is why I've had to come in and say, and speak up and say, Hey, I know this project just came in, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Um, If I have to do it, how do, how do I feel happy about it? What can we do? What conditions can we set since now someone is, Breaching our boundaries, not respecting our time. Now we're in charge. You need this. This is what I need you to do. If you do not do it, we cannot work on this for you. And it's just, yeah, sometimes people think it's stern, but it's all about perspective. And it's all about, again, like for the millionth time, having that compassion. Like you can't only be worrying about what you have to do. You need to be thinking, oh, maybe maybe just like I have all these projects going on. Maybe they do too. Not, this is the project at hand. I need it worked on right this second. So it's, it's really, um, it's really a balance of like wanting to be there for people, but not wanting to get taken advantage of that's like, if there's any common theme, it's, it's that. And, like I said, we're not out here saving lives, but we are helping people. And I I understand it's like, you know, help helping like the wealth and whatever, but it's, you're still helping people like you're in the job you're in, you're in the industry you're in and you, you're doing the job you're doing. So, and
0: you're on a team and that team, you know, is who you work with every day, all day, and you want to work with a good team, like there's, you know, spending so much time at work, like who you work with matters. And, you know, that whole idea of you don't want to condition them, you know, to come back to you and treat you this way, I feel like is huge, because not only does it create a negativity towards you, but it also creates a negativity in the team and an unbalance in the team because it'll start all of this flood of those late nights and extra hours on that one person who came through for you. Whereas other people are allowed to walk out the door and then it becomes this perception on your part of like, why do they get to leave and I have to stay and getting to that point where you're emotionally intelligent enough to like be like hey i did this to myself like yeah. and i have control over what my boundaries are and control over how people treat me and a say in that you know i think can be a really big eye opener to a lot of people because you know i'm sure not unlike myself you know you start hopping jobs thinking you're going to find a team and a culture that's going to support you better and you realize that mm, it's it's not out there and it may be better in some ways but dif- you know worse in other ways and you just have the same problems with different names different faces maybe different tactics um but when you realize you're in control and you can start changing that atmosphere um, I feel like to me, at least that was a huge change in how I saw work and why, like, this, you know, your perspective on this is so intriguing to me because it feeds into that idea that we don't have to do what those societal norms do. We can control that narrative. And, you know, how do you do that? And, You know, I think emotional intelligence is very big in that and being self aware and self regulated. And like you said, having compassion and empathy in a stressful environment because you know, especially when you're in that business development side or sales enablement side, that you're going to be in stressful situations. That's just the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I feel like the flip side of this is keeping your mindset and we talked a little bit about this earlier of when you're in that pressure cooker and you know you're so stressed of making sure you're taking care of yourself so that you can bring your best self during that time so that you do feel confident in what you're bringing and that you do have the confidence to set those boundaries cuz you know you were at your 100%. But you can't be at your 100% if you're not taking care of yourself. So, talk to me about what you have done over the years to like work in the ability to like keep your mindset fresh. And, you know, are there times that you have to set back and what do you do? Do you go take a breath, go take a walk? You know, um, I'm really big on just shutting everything down and walking outside because I need to physically remove myself from the situation to let myself kind of deescalate and reset. Um, But I would love to hear like how you approach resetting your mind
1: the old me and sometimes the current me will stress eat sour gummy worms and <laughs> that's awesome um but honestly like I feel like there there is this thing that is called like sleep like or like bedtime bedtime like procrastination or something where like you're just on your phone or you're staying up really late because you're like my time is not mine my yeah. whole day was spent like doing what somebody else wanted me to do so um it's especially difficult having to work all day every day and even after hours in the summer um which i feel like is when when I have to combat it the most, but also in the winter, I will let myself like stay in a little too much. So Mm, that's something to work on. But I would say what helps me is getting out in the morning, especially in the summer. So I run, I am part of this bigger fitness group called November project that meets early in the morning on Wednesdays and Fridays and those are the days that I work from home so like there's no rushing back to the office or anything like that but the days that I am in the office I will go on a run and that that automatically I'm starting the day doing something for myself and something productive and good for my body but on those days especially in the winter where I don't get outside as much. And um, I I'm a little bit more glued to my desk chair. What helps me is a state change. And that can be a sit. like say it's it's 5pm. And I'm like, Oh, God, I have to, I'm gonna have to work again, but like work for a few hours later, I will just take a shower. I'll take a shower, get a state change, like change my clothes, just make me like do something to make myself feel like I've, I've put myself somewhere else and I'm not just in that chair. Um, But yeah, I mean, simple stuff like taking breaks. Um, I think calling people helps me, especially because I'm someone who processes things by talking about them out loud. And sometimes I just need validation. Yeah. To rant to my mom on the phone and say, this stinks. this stinks like how busy we are. And my mom just says, I know it does. Or she she shares something about work with me, which like makes me feel like I'm not alone. And I know it's not unheard of. I know that there there are people who work really hard, like all the time. Like when I worked with you, we were working all the time. Yeah, Uh, I. When we worked together, I did, though, I felt I felt like my time was my time. I would be able to say this is what I'm doing in in a respectful way. And you trusted me. So I, I was able to do that. And now, again, I'm I'm at a job that we are just a small but mighty team and we are always working. So it is hard sometimes. Um being someone in my friend group who is the only one always working. And a way that I have started to help myself with that and feel more or to feel like less alone in the fact that I work a lot is co working. So every week, since I don't remember, a group of friends and I co work from a cafe and they say, I am working the whole time I'm working but I'm also chatting. I'm around them. We are there for each other. Um, and it's, it has been really good for me. Like every week I look forward to Wednesday because I know I'm not stuck like in these walls of my apartment. Yeah. I'm not in my own little hole. I'm, you know, we look like little startup at these cafes. We will <laughs> also work at someone's house so there's like the comfort of that so that's something recently that has been keeping me extremely happy and level-headed um in the office I I have my manager there with me our boss is in New York and I just I love her like it's really great to have someone that you get along with both personally and professionally. And I can be really honest with her. And I'll say sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, here is why I'm going to tell you, you should do this. But for the fact that I can just be open and say, I don't want to do this and not have to hold it in. Like, I'm like, okay, I can do it. Like just (laughs) your understanding, like I'll do it then. Or I'll begrudgingly be like, Ugh fine like I I know you're actually right and I'm being a baby but it's just yeah it's it's all all like a culmination of things both that have only to do with myself as an individual um but a lot that has to do with other people um I think just because someone doesn't do what you do uh doesn't mean they can't understand where you're coming from or just because someone doesn't work as often as you do. Um, And you find it's interesting before I started co-working with friends. I'm like, I feel like I don't know what anybody does. Like we don't really talk about work, which is refreshing, but at the same time during the week, it is nice to be like, Oh, these are my friends. And now they know what I'm going through behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, you know, and it's it's like a different way of getting to know your friends too and saying like oh they're the same person at work or oh wow they're really they're really serious and i think my friends are saying that both in life whether it's relationships friendships work anything like i'm the same i'm the same i don't change who i am i you know see what's going on and create boundaries where i need to but like you said if if you don't create those boundaries or if you don't have those rituals and practices and the people that you go to, it becomes self-inflicted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's that connection to other people, I think is really an interesting concept, especially outside of your workplace, because you also have people you can now connect to and vent to who are not biased in one way or another. Right. And aren't in your, your bubble of work. So you feel a little bit, I would, I would imagine you feel a little bit safer having those conversations. Right. Um, So, I mean, this has been amazing. I love how you go about this and how you think about creating boundaries. And I always love to end each of these podcast interviews with, you know, asking the people that I have on for, if you had one piece of advice for marketers out there who are struggling and frustrated and overwhelmed um, from your experiences, what would that advice be that you feel like would be a game changer for them?
1: I would simply just say, take a look at like, what isn't making you feel good and figure out if it can be changed. If it's, you know, someone else that you can't change, if it's something that you can change yourself, then figure out what you need to do to make work and your job what you want it to be. Because I I think people don't realize that they can make their job what they want it to be by having boundaries and by having things that they don't allow. Um, I think that people also get caught up in like hierarchy and bosses and managers. We are all human. We are not robots. We are people with feelings and you should be able to be your whole self not being performative at work, because at the end of the day, like you, you want to be happy, like you want to be happy both in life and at work and work is a huge part of life. So really just know yourself and align, align yourself with that and create those boundaries to make it so anything that doesn't feel right or safe at work isn't self-inflicted because we have a lot more power than we know we just have to actually like put it into action and not be afraid to stand up for ourselves because that's what it is you you aren't just like a cog in a machine that has to like sit up straight and be prim and proper and do a good job or else you're not going to get a good Like we're all human. There's lessons in failure. You know, I feel like I have all these one-liners that's like lessons in failure. (laughs) What you allow will continue. Do not condition people to take advantage of you. It's just like live, live by your own code and, and do just that like show people who you are and do it, do it respectfully do do well by yourself. I don't know. I have all the advice, all the little No,
0: and I love it though, because like, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we we are in charge of how we feel every day, you know? And you know, me guilty as charged spent over a decade absolutely miserable, you know, and you know, always blamed it on the environment and the company and rather than stepping back and taking charge of that so to me that is like truly a golden piece of advice that you are gifting everyone is you know start being mindful of what makes you happy and if it's not making you happy and if it's not feeding your soul and you're not you know in a good place change it You know, like figure out how to change it and stand up for yourself. Like, I think that is like one of the most important things. And I have started to, it's funny, this whole podcast, I was like, you know, I just want to inspire marketers to like start enjoying their jobs again, because we started this for a reason, you know, and once you get into the environment, it kind of sucks all that, you know, goodness out of it. And how can we get past that? And I keep coming back to that mindset piece. And I started incorporating um, my girlfriend, Nicole, who's doing Soul Bloom, uh, which is all about that. It's about like, okay, what makes you happy and how is your job not fulfilling that? And how can you change that and empowering people to do it? And it's weird to me that we all feel like we need almost permission to make ourselves happy rather than just going through the judgery of life
1: yeah Um, and i think especially younger people they they are afraid of standing up for themselves because it just like what what certain generations have been labeled but based on everything we've talked about i would say something short and simple that i said earlier is Having boundaries does not mean you're being disrespectful. It means you are respecting yourself and you are setting boundaries because you would also like to be respected. I think it's really a shame that anyone is afraid to say how they feel in order to make themselves happy at work.
0: Now, that's awesome. And, uh, you, you know, like you said, it's everybody's human. So, you know, we should be, a
1: crazy thought, like. crazy
0: yeah. thought that <laughs> I know. Right? And I've always it's it's funny because you know I've always felt that way, and everybody cringes anytime I talk to leaders or executives because I don't change the tone in which I yeah. talk. And I'm like they put on the pants the same way we all do one one leg at a time. We're all human. We're all working towards the same goal. And if they don't understand how we feel and what we're going through, then they're never going to be able to help us. So, you know, uh, this has been amazing, Francesca. Thank you so much yeah, for,
1: for having all of me. Your... For thinking of me.
0: Of course, you know, you were the first person I thought of with boundaries because I think you do it so skillfully, you know, and you did it with me and it sounds like you've gotten even better at it Um, and it really had an impact on me. So like it's exciting to like hear how your journey has progressed and to share that with the listeners so that You know, they can start thinking about things a little bit differently and hopefully through, you know, conversations like that, start empowering themselves to create their own boundaries that work for them.
1: Well, like, like I said to you before, um, I, I don't think I would totally be this way without you because you showed me that it is okay to be myself. In corporate America, it's okay to be silly, be serious, and just not not have to be performative or super buttoned up. That that as long as you have a good work ethic, and of course, don't like I don't know like a truck driver or something. (laughs) You're good. You are totally okay to be yourself at work and. I I hope if there's anyone who doesn't do that that they do, and I hope they have managers um, like I had you that kind of empower that. Like I I think I remember just like someone saying they liked my outfit, and I just walked down like the aisle as if it was a runway. And you you laughed. You're not like <laughs> appropriate. You're like yeah, I'm just making corporate America fun over here. Nothing to see. So thank you.
0: No, absolutely. To me, like, like I said, that's, that's where we spend the mass majority of our life, right? It's with the people you work with. So you need to have that like fun and light atmosphere. And to know that you have each other's backs when you know, crap hits the fan, and you always made everything fun and exciting. And uh, actually brought me down because I sometimes am am
1: too serious. <laughs> I, know, I remember that you said you told them after I interviewed, you're like, oh, God, she might be too positive. And they're like, girl, you need that. <laughs> Yes, it was. And it was
0: definitely, it definitely made things so much better for me because I do. I get way too serious and down in the weeds of things. And you brightened my world. And I appreciate all of that. And I still appreciate you, you know, with everything that you're bringing to the table and where you're going in your life. And, you know, it's exciting to see relationships like this, I think, grow. And the more we have this type of thing happening in the workplace, I think the better. Right. And sometimes you have it and you don't realize it. You know, like I try to set that tone with my teams when I first onboard them of like that casual, you know, challenge me, make me laugh. Like it doesn't have to always be serious. Um, but I have experienced several times You don't realize sometimes that your manager or boss is like that because they're trying to be professional. And if you start breaking away and having those more relaxed conversations, you can sometimes cultivate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm really excited to bring these to you. If you haven't taken a peek, run over to findyoursurge.com and look at all the new and great tools that I have made available to you. We've got the Octo Planning system, a system that helps guide you through finding those things that are going to impact your growth and your passion and work those into your weekly and daily plans through focus and time blocking strategies. I've also included and started to build out a library of ready to customize templates that you can purchase and download and make work for you to start streamlining and gaining that extra time. Um, There is all sorts of great resources popping up here. You can also visit uh, a merchandise store that I have on Etsy at Find Your Surge and get inspirational hoodies and sweatshirts and notepads that will help inspire you and keep you on track. I'm so excited that you've joined us and I will continue to Build a library that helps you succeed in this area. And I look forward to any feedback and comments that you have. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what ready to customize templates you want. And I am going to build the resources that you need to search forward. I'll see you next time.